folks, tonight we've got Terry Merrill and Stormy Mitchell. And then we've got Coach Ron Crawford of the Brentwood Bruins. Take it away, Stormy. And Fisher, this, sir, we do have Coach Ron Crawford of the Brentwood Bruins. And we also got a couple players going to be showing up here a little bit later. It's got Terry Merrill. The, he is the Sports Director Emeritus of WAKM. Terry, good to have you on today, bro. Boy, how are you? What does that mean, by the way? Emeritus, that means you are the man. That means you're over the hill, right? No, that means, that means you're... you're, you're there's no one that can compare. Well, now, that is saying a mouthful, my friend, but you're too flattering. Sorry. I can say compared to what? I said. <laughs> that, oh, I, that was a line I should have picked up on. Sorry. I missed I, that one. I'm sorry. I did say that. Uh, yeah, I missed that. But it's always great to have you here because you come in very well prepared. I came in and got sweet tea and a little lemonade and that down, set equipment. You're over there. You got a stack of encyclopedias that are which ready to go. Tell me, I'll never forget when I was growing up, this encyclopedia salesman came to our door. You know how they sold them door to door? And man, if you got Britannica encyclopedias, you were in the in crowd. I'm telling you. And, but did, did your parents buy them? Anyway, digress. I don't even know what that means. But, but the, the, I, well, yeah, they did, actually. It, well, see, it's funny. I, I tell you what, man, you wonder why I'm a little slow. I just go ahead and tell you right now the, the Encyclopedia Britannicas that we had in our house was from 1939. <laughs> <laughs> and I know how old you are. You're not near that old. And so, so they got them from my, uh, my half brother. Bobby, who was, you know, six at the time, they got them for Bobby. They didn't get them for me. And, of course, here I am reading something about in, in 1969 or about something from 1930. I'm going, what? Well, but it's he, a little bit out of date. But, you know, <laughs> if you were taking American history, that came in handy, though, right? It was good, but 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 I remember that in the airplane section, I don't know, I just always said that they showed the picture of the most modern aircraft of the day, and it was a 1936 B-17. <laughs> it, was, it, was it was the most sophisticated. I mean, it wasn't even air pressurized. I don't know how we got on that. How did we get on that? I don't know. Well, I said you had a cycle. We we are at Strauss tonight. You can see four for $15.99. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, although it's hot. A gorgeous day. And uh, I saw our good friend, Steen Stroud, uh, behind just a few minutes ago. He's doing fine. So to tell everybody hello. And of course, uh, we thank him for having us for, what, the eighth, ninth year now? Tenth year. Tenth year. And we're glad to be here. we got a football weekend lined up. And Stormy, before we get started, we want to say happy birthday. Yes, to our compadre, our partner in crime, one of our big sponsors that's been with us quite a while. Uh, did I leave anything out? Garth Bolden. I have no, I'm not going to say anything. Hey, Garth, happy birthday <laughs> to Garth Bolden. And uh, you'll be hearing from him, of course, uh, when Stormy cues it up on the basketball court pretty soon. You know, it won't be long, Jerry. Won't. Matter of fact, I'm, I'm going to start requesting schedules from the coaches and basketball here shortly. Uh, as, soon as, as soon as they start having Tuesday night ball games, we're going to start doing basketball. I mean, we even start before football season is over. Well, you did Tuesdays last year, right? We did Tuesdays and Fridays and Mondays and Wednesdays and Thursdays and Saturdays and everything but Sunday uh, during the during the season. But we ended up doing, I, I, I lost guy, I think it was close to 84 broadcasts or something, which was a, just a nuts. So we can't wait for basketball season, and I'm I'm looking forward to it. But, yeah, happy birthday, Garth. Thank you for, first of all, thank you for your friendship. Thank you for.
for uh, I mean, if there's if, if you look at if you lucky to have a, a friend like Garth, you're doing fine. Garth is uh, a wealth of knowledge and uh, great friend, great sponsor, and we're blessed to have him uh, on part of our WAKM radio crew. Well said, Stormy. Uh, big game tomorrow night. You're going to be at Brentwood High. Brentwood uh, Father Ryan, our good friend Brian Rector is going to come over to the uh, to the uh, what's that road Brentwood High School's on? Uh, Murray Lane. Murray Lane. Yeah, and they'll tangle uh, tomorrow night up at Brentwood, and we'll have Coach Ron Crawford on here in just a little while. We will. Show. It's always fun to interview Coach Crawford. First of all, he, he's never never short on opinion. Two, his his philosophy is something. It's just best to sit and just listen, because you can always learn something from Coach Crawford and how he could continually or continuously English people help me out, English majors help me out here. He takes a fresh crop of players each and every year and he molds them into his philosophy. And you think about what he did. He had Carson Shacklett for three years as quarterback, and what how he was so comfortable with Carson. Well, he turned the keys of a big program over to a sophomore again this year. But and you think, how does how does he mold them so quickly? That'll be some of the questions we'll ask. They will. Well, you're talking about Kay Granzo, outstanding sophomore. Wow. Uh, what, his his development has really been noticeable, I think, this year. First of all, just a, a tremendous athlete, yeah. a young man of intelligence and character. He's already uh, accepted. He's been offered and accepted a scholarship to Vanderbilt to play baseball under Tim Corbett. Wow. Terry, you and I, you know, we're, we're both pretty good baseball fans. And when you mentioned college baseball, top three best coaches in the country, Tim Corbin is at the top. And no one argues. He's in that conversation. So, so this young man is really a young man of integrity and quality. They're developing him each and every day. He's obviously got size and speed and a little, little bravado to back it up. So That's right. Should, should be should be good. But he's starting tomorrow night. I, I had a brief conversation with Brian Rector this week. It's always good talk to Coach Rector. He's, mm-hmm. We've known him. I guess we've been, I've been broadcasting games from him since 05. And Terry, he's still the Rambler Gambler, but he said, kind of bemoaning the fact, he said, Stormy, he's, we're playing 20 kids. We got a, we got a roster of, of 90, but we're playing 20. And there's a lot of freshmen and sophomores in that group. Yeah, and you know, Stormy, he would never say that they're also playing, uh, without a doubt, Division II, AAA, no doubt, the oh. strongest region in the state, Brentwood Academy, yeah. NBA, oh. the beat goes on. It's worse. I mean, right. it's like, bang, exactly. bang. Bang, bang, bang. That's right. Bang. But he'll show up tomorrow night, and uh, his team comes in there two and five. They lost to Ensworth. Speaking of Ensworth, they last did week, thirty-five ten. Uh, do you but, think uh, they should be in a uh, smaller? Well, they go they yeah. go to the enrollment. You know, they when, did? the okay. way they did that. Yeah, they added that middle region in Division two. You know, with BGA, CPA, uh, Lipscomb, and so forth. I thought they would have qualified more in that area. You would think. I didn't. I don't really know Raven uh, Ryan's enrollment, uh, but obviously it qualifies. Unless they wanted to move up for whatever reason, you can do that. But why would you want to do that? I don't think so. Well, I mean, no. first of all, CPA and BGA in that category are, are tough enough that, as it is. That's right. That's right. But they are up in the top echelon with the BAs of the world. So uh, I guess well, Roman made them. As, as Coach or as Coach Rector would say, that's a conversation for another day. For another day. Tell me it is. It is. Tell me, let's look at some college football real quick before Coach Crawford gets here. You want to? You lead the way. Just big games in the SEC. Uh, maybe you can make an argument. This might be one of the bigger ones at least. Maybe the biggest LSU and the undefeated Bengal Tigers, ranked number five in America, travels to the swamp, and they're a three-point favorite over the Gators, who pulled out a big win for them last week in Starkville. If you remember, I watched that ball game. Almost surprised at the lack of passing ability Nick Fitzgerald exhibited as quarterback for the for the Bulldogs. I want to make my Mississippi State friends mad. He's a tremendous runner, but to be honest with you, their passing attack was a B 
abysmal. I mean, I think that's, uh, I think if you're a Mississippi State fan, you're really scratching your head right now. I totally agree with what you just said. Their offense is not on all cylinders, and that was going to be the big thing about Mississippi State this season. It's just not happening. But there's one key ingredient of the Mississippi State offense that's missed one. Well, you're not talking about Dak Prescott because he wasn't there last year. Uh, Dan Mullen. Exactly. <laughs> well, that is a big misfire. <laughs> that was, and that for all the listeners not, not sure what we're talking about, Dan Mullen was the head coach of, of Bulldogs for nine years, and he is now at Florida. He knew better than anyone the weaknesses of the Bulldogs, and he got his defense plan for the Gators, who won at Tennessee handily. Yeah, yeah. Frankly, they won handily at Mississippi State, and I didn't, to be honest with you, nobody picked them to win that ball game. No, nobody. Right. right. He, he, uh, well, Mullen, of course, knew everything about that team before he we went over there, as you said. Well, and he, uh, information information, yep. and knowledge is power. So, does Coach Orgeron and LSU keep it going, Stormy? They're, the, they're a three-point favorite at Florida. That's an interesting matchup. Yeah, Terry, 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 we got we got a, a Burris kid <laughs> quarterback, and uh, he, he's a ball player. And I, he's I doing well. He's doing well. He is, he is. As Coach Orgeron yeah. would say, if I could do that accent a little better. So, you like LSU, I think. I'm thinking if, if there's points put on the board, yeah. uh, it's going to be LSU. I, I think they've got more athletes in Florida without a doubt. Now, it's not easy to play down there, but we'll see what happens. Uh, here's an interesting game, Storm. South Carolina sort of licking their heels, or licking their wounds, I should say, uh, dropping one at Kentucky last week. They host Missouri with arguably the best quarterback in the SEC, or he's amongst them. Mr. Lock can, can air it out. Also, one of our favorite centennial, former center, centennial players, number 84, Emmanuel Hall, who's leading the SEC in touchdown passes, receptions, and also not to mention the kicker, former kicker for Franklin, Corey Fatoni, plays mm-hmm. for Missouri. And he was in, he was picked as one of those preseason hunters of the year. What Luke, Luke, Luke Rose Luke, award, yeah, whatever, whatever, like whatever, whatever the, the, the nomenclature is for it. Yep. But <clears throat> I, I'm, I'm thinking South Carolina. Missouri's a one-point favorite, so basically that's Really? Are they playing at Missouri? Yeah, South Carolina. Yeah. Yeah, South Carolina? Uh, I'm taking South Carolina. Yeah, well, and, you know, Will Muschamp, the Gamecocks have sort of been a little bit of a disappointment this year. Everybody was really talking South Carolina up big before the year started. Uh, but I, I agree with you. I think South Carolina, they've got to win it. They're back to the wall. I think that that, that frenetic crowd, yeah. William Bryce Stadium, yeah. Will, and that hot Columbia, South Carolina Ooh. humidity. Man. That's between the crowd, the temperature, and the humidity alone. That's a touchdown to 10 yeah. points for, for the Gamecocks immediately. I totally agree. <laughs> Alabama, no problem showing their 35-point favorite in Tuscaloosa as the Hogs come calling. I don't think there's going to be a lot of Hogs called unless it's to go home after the game. Well, I think <laughs> you know, well said. I think instead of saying, Woo, Pig Suey, it's going to be, Woo, Pig Suey. I think that's going to be about it. This it's going to be sad, sad Pig Suey. And, and how the mighty Hogs, I mean, you know. I saw uh, I saw Nick Saban on a press conference yesterday, and he was. He was. He wasn't really uh, negative, but, you know, sometimes you can tell when he's a little bit irked about something. Well, he was complaining. He was complaining about uh, why the students either don't show up to the games down there or they leave early. And I wanted to say, well, you were playing Louisiana Monroe. What do you expect? You know, you were ahead 45 to nothing at halftime. If you're a student, you can make an argument that you've got better things to do. That's off the subject here, but I'm I, just passing well, along. I'm glad you said that because there was. I had heard on some other sports talk that he was upset with 
students in Alabama, and I thought, well, what? Yeah. <laughs> but, well, I mean, but now I know. I mean, that makes sense. He wasn't really upset. Don't get me wrong. He was just sort of, I guess, wondering, what does it take to get people to stay in their seats? Well, well, you know, I mean, for students, I mean, we've all got, we all got kids, and, you know, at that age, they've got attention, attention span of a moth as it, as it is anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My apologies to all the kids out there. Oh, Lord, I Well, at any rate, if you're a gambler, you probably want to lay the 35, because Arkansas is not very good but, right now. But speaking of covering, wait, wait, stop the press. The Volunteers were a 32-and-a-half-point underdog, and they covered. They only lost about 26, two weeks in a row. Barely. That's right. That's right. And and and, and, and what was sad was Florida had the ball and took the knees off. Not Florida, but Georgia had the ball and took the knee. They could have they could have had the swing yeah, spread. Yeah. And, and I'm no, don't take the knee. But no, that was a classic. I think Tennessee's defense played better, but the offense still has a lot to be desired. They have bugs. Uh, don't get me wrong. Garantanamos is, is is coming along. Mm-hmm. The offensive line could not start. The Tennessee offensive line couldn't start for Franklin. I'm just going to tell you right now. Well, Franklin's line last weekend, Centennial blocked better than the Tennessee line has blocked all year long. Yep. And the only one player, there's one player that, that's unstoppable. I, the, the kid from the NBA. That's when Blaine. Oh, uh, yeah. Ty. From NBA? You mean he's at NBA now? No. Oh, Ty Chandler? Chandler. Oh, the running back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He can play anywhere. The, the screen pass that he caught and yeah. scored on. Oh, yeah. He had, he made four very good top-rated cornerbacks, safeties, and linebackers look silly on that run. Yeah. Yeah. What a beautiful run he made. And, and when he got in the open field, that kid's got a, he's got a, well, he's got another gear. Well, you and I both said when he was at NBA, he was going to play somewhere. There's no doubt about it. He's the best running back. And, and I'll go on record. He was the best high school running back that I've seen. Ever? So, ever? Uh, he's right up there with the conversation. Wait, I've seen he, so many. It's hard to remember. Say, even better than Octavius Mathers. <laughs> well, for 199 know, and a half against Franklin. He's, yeah, he's in the top five. I'll put okay, it there you go. Tony, <laughs> here's an interesting line this week. Kentucky Wildcats, un- uh, I'm undefeated, excuse me, and ranked, uh, what are they, about 12th, 13th this somewhere, week? Somewhere. They are traveling to College Station to take on Texas A&M, and Texas A&M is a five-point uh-uh, five favorite over Kentucky. I, you get that? You know, I saw that, and I had to make that pick on that one, and I went with A&M, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking Kentucky is almost one-dimensional with the Snell running back. He's really good, but I, I'm seeing they're going to be more one-dimensional, and I'm just thinking Jimbo Fisher with a young man, middle linebacker like Tyrell Dotson, former Centennial great. They're going to find a way to stop that. I, Kentucky's not going to go undefeated and playing at Kyle Field in front of 98,000 people, and it's going to be so hot. I mean, they're going to play a today game, and I, it, it's going to be over 100. I think that just that, that just gives the 12th man at A&M such an advantage. Well, uh, yeah, there, there's something to that. I think Kentucky's used to stump their, stump their toe. They're due. You know, they've been doing so well. They're due, I, and, and I want them to continue to win. Yeah. I got a feeling this week that yeah. it will not be the And that's a tough place to play, as we all know. Georgia shouldn't be any problem. 26-point favorite over Vanderbilt in between the hedges. I agree. I think Georgia last week, they were up 24 nothing, and I think they lost interest. They let Tennessee back in the ball game, and uh, Kirby Smart, uh, he almost blew a gasket in that third quarter when they when they let Tennessee back in the ball game. And Tennessee made a couple pretty good plays, and they showed signs of life. Now, I don't want UT fans to start getting excited and start buying tickets to the uh, to the playoff game in Atlanta, but the bottom line is UT showed some life, and I was glad to see it. But Georgia, Georgia is, is it's going to be Georgia and Alabama, unless some unforeseen miracle happens yep. between now and then. And I, well, I don't know. Alabama, I'll throw this stat out, not a stat, but I'll ask the question, who's the leading passing team right now 
well in the SEC. And you know how good lock is it? Missouri. Would, it's not Missouri. Obviously, no. you wouldn't ask some questions. That's true. Uh, not, what about the Tamu kid at Ole Miss? He can fling it. Yeah, yeah. Think about that. Vanderbilt. And Vanderbilt's got the leading receiver in the country. The mm-hmm. answer is no, it's Alabama. Alabama's. Okay. I buy that. I think they've scored. I lost count. I think there's like 37 touchdowns already via the air already. They're talking. Uh, there's talk that this, depending on what happens, of course, this might be the greatest Alabama team of all time. And that's saying a mouthful. I heard that today on Paul Feinbaum's show. Somebody said it. I don't remember who it was. But yeah, he's an outstanding quarterback. They've not had anybody like them, like him since Joe Namath. You know, kid, kid can fling. No doubt. Kid, well, wait a minute now. Wait a minute. Those, they, whoa, whoa. What about Kenny the Snake Stabler now? Oh, uh, well, he was. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to kind of grease the skids here a little bit. Snake was good, Stormy, but, you know, that was a different sort of offense I think they played. Yeah. Um, I'm, I was always a Stabler fan, though. No problem with that. I loved it. Now, Stormy, here, you talk about a must-win game. We'll move on. Auburn, minus three and a half. In Starkville at Mississippi State. Mississippi State has lost two in a row in the SEC. Auburn has lost one to LSU, as you know. That, you got to believe, in the West is a must-win game for both those teams. If they have any hope of contesting Alabama, which, of course, we know they won't, but I'm just saying. Well, my, qu- my question is on that one, and if you're Mississippi State, all of a sudden you were looking pretty strong first two or three games. In the last couple, you're like, wait a minute, what, what, they're not percolating. Auburn, frankly, did not look good last week against right. Southern Miss. I watched part of that game. I turned it off because, I mean, they played well. Yep. 19-hour ball game due to the weather. I don't know if Auburn took Southern for granted or they weren't motivated or the weather delay took the starch out of their shirts. Auburn's got a long way to go. So, I mean, I was going to mention that. I heard a co- couple of conversations on that this week. Their, their offense is sputtering right now for whatever reason. The last couple of three weeks. Hit him at quarterback. Yeah. He's a, it's, he's a veteran. He's a fifth-year senior. I mean, he played at Baylor. I mean, he's transferred here. The kid's got poise. He's got talent. got size. got arm strength. got speed. They're just not, if they're not crossing their T's and dotting their I's. Well, I don't know why. Next Saturday, they'll probably get well because the big orange come to the Plains next week. No, Let's don't go there just yet. <laughs> UL Monroe at Ole Miss. That's a, one of those who cares. You know, out of the conference. Well, Ole Miss, Ole Miss will win. They'll, yep. you know, they'll they'll get healthy. But it was kind of interesting the last time Ole Miss played. You know, at home they had uh, they're down was it forty nine nothing at halftime mm-hmm. over Alabama. Mm-hmm. And uh, hotty toddy, the fraternities were were kind of full that afternoon. Yes, they were early, early earlier than anticipated. Yes, they were. Yes, they were. So that's the SEC preview here at Strauss Barbecue tonight. Beat four for fifteen ninety nine. Come on by and see us. Storming autographs are free to what six? Oh, not tonight, Terry. We're going to go free all night. I'm just saying, I mean, hey. I've got my granddaddy shirt on. I'm feeling generous. I'm feeling, I, I, I just, just the, I, after had, after having time with my grandson last night, I'm feeling excessively generous. So if they come by, we'll sign all of that. That sounds good. Now, are you training young, are you training young Colton to refer to you as granddaddy? Or is it? Well, no, we, I'm just, you know, acting. There's a great video if you want to see, see me in action online at Facebook with my grandson. But no, I'm just, I just act goofy in front of him, which is why. At most of the time, and he's looking at me like, "Who is this big kid anyway? Who is this big kid anyway?" So he's trying to figure out what he's going to be calling you. Then, is he, that what he, you're saying? You know, he's you know he's still making these gurgling <laughs> noises, and blowing bubbles, and wobbling. Oh, and stuff, so I don't goodness, know. Well, that, that's up for debate down the line. That's true. That's true. Well, we're waiting for Coach Ron Crawford, Brentwood Bruins. Two of his players, Mark Morales and Jordan Nicholas, will visit as the Bruins prepare for Father Ryan. They step out of uh, out of Region Six uh, Six A tomorrow night. Tommy, uh, we're going to talk. 
with Coach Crawford about that Independence game, but uh, let's talk about the one where you were last week. Have we got time? Do we need a break or what? We're good? You, you the boss. Franklin, oh, no, you're the boss. I'm just doing what you tell me. Uh, but Stormer, we sat here last week, you remember, and we said that Franklin had to be Centennial after that good performance they had against Hendersonville the week before. And what do they do? Back Franklin, back. Franklin 28-14 over Centennial in the Battle of Franklin, and the Rebels are alive for playoff hope above all. One of the best coaching jobs I've ever seen. Donnie Webb did what the Titans did two weeks ago. He brings in Gaka at, at, from, from the Wildcat formation, and he saw a weakness on Centennial that, that, that Hendersonville had showed him, frankly. Mm-hmm. And uh, their big offensive line, Franklin, did a masterful job. But what I admired was on the opening kickoff, Franklin kicks an onside kick, recovers the 35-yard line, seven plays, takes it in, and they were punishing plays. And you could feel, it's just one of those scenarios, you could feel the air being sucked out of the Centennial mm-hmm. side of the stadium. It was just, it was like, wow, where did that come from? And Franklin kept playing. They kept hitting them, kept hitting them, kept hitting them. Uh, matter of fact, Centennial did not get a first down on the ground the first half. Wow, wow. John, if you look at the numbers, uh, first of all, Matt Gawker, as you mentioned, what a night. 33 carries, 210 yards, and two touchdowns. And he is just playing like gangbusters lately, as we would all agree. Uh, but again, let's go back to the defense. They held a good Hendersonville team last week, week before, rather, seven points. Last week against Centennial, total offense for Centennial, 162 yards, of which Jerry Wilson, remember we said here last week, and we said if Franklin's going to win, they're going to have to slow down Jerry Wilson. I, we said that, right? Jerry Wilson, eight carries, 36 yards. There you go. Yeah, well, I think to quote you, uh, is Martha and Vandellas nowhere to run. <laughs> so, and total net rushing for Centennial, Stormy, 23 yards. You may say, well, how did Wilson get 36 and the total net 23? So, again, the Franklin defense is playing lights out, uh, and they've got a uh, gutsy challenge tomorrow night over at Oakland. Let's just say this. Grayson Marcel was set out the week before at Riverdale. Concussion protocol. Mm-hmm. He was back in the lineup the other night. Looked ready. Looked primed. Looked confident. And every time he looked up, he saw a, a smoky gray jersey coming at him with a maroon helmet. Yeah. Kid did not have time. He was throwing off his back foot. He was throwing everything high. He never got settled. He never got into rhythm. And that was because of the Donnie Webb, Dr. D. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's exactly right. Franklin, 32 minutes possession, Centennial only 16. There you go. You can't. You, uh, you, if, you don't have, if you don't have the ball, you can't score the point. And Stormy, Franklin fans now are still alive, and you know they're going to be pulling big time for Brentwood come October 26th because in the last game of the regular season, Brentwood will host Centennial. And if Centennial loses that game and Franklin beats Dixon County, which they should, right, they'll both be 2-3 and three in the region, and that means that Franklin would get the tiebreaker for the fourth seed That's right. in the playoffs. So how about that if you're a Franklin fan? Well, it's rare that a Franklin fan gets all in. Coach Crawford doing this, but they'll be pulling for Brentwood. But that's what will happen. <laughs> that's, that's, what'll happen. that's right. How often does that happen? Uh, I don't know if I've ever noticed it, that. It, it's rare. Let's do this. <laughs> Let's take two minutes. Coach Crawford has just entered the building. We'll give him time to get something to drink. If he'd like to get something to drink. But let's take two-minute break. We'll come back with Coach Crawford. He'll have some players from, from the Bruins. We're going to have a great two segments, and we're going to have a good time here on Coach's Corner. Kevin, two minutes. This is Coach's Corner here on M. Hello, this is Garth Bolden with Gateway Tire and Service Center. Located on Cool Springs Boulevard in McEwen Drive in Franklin, Tennessee, Gateway Tire and Service Center is your local Yokohama tire dealer, and we're proud to have served Williamson County for over 25 years. With each new Yokohama tire purchase, you'll receive free lifetime tire rotation and balance, manufacturer's warranty, and 
road hazard warranty. Call 615-771-7080 and receive valuable discounts when you mention that you heard about us on WAKM Radio AM 950. Right here in Williamson County, you can feed a family of four for $15.99 at Stroud's Barbecue. That includes one pound of pork or pulled chicken, buns, and a pint of a side item. Throw in a half gallon of tea or lemonade at Stroud's Barbecue. Right here in Williamson County, you can feed a family of four for $15.99. Open 7 to 8 Monday through Saturday and 7 to 6 on Sunday. That's Stroud's Barbecue right here in Williamson County. Hey, this is Stormy Mitchell, and I want to cordially invite you to the church at West Franklin. You'll be greeted with a warm smile, firm handshake, some of the best coffee in town, excellent music, and some of the finest preaching this side of heaven. The church is located at 700 New Highway 96 West. If you can't make it, tune in to WAKM on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and listen to the church service. The preaching will be done by Dr. Matt Pearson from the church at West Franklin. Matthews Team Sports is your full-service team sporting goods dealer. Online stores, in-house screen printing, top brands such as Adidas, Under Armour, and Gatorade. We handle teams from middle schools to universities and everything in between. Visit us at MatthewsTeamSports.com. Locally owned and operated, on-time delivery, and customer satisfaction are our top priority. Any sport, any season, any equipment, or any apparel need, our team is ready to serve your team. Contact us now at MatthewsTeamSports.com. AM 950 WAKM Franklin. Available on the Radio.net app. Hey, we're back at Coach's Corner. It's Thursday afternoon. If it's Thursday, you know where it's Rouds Barbecue. You know, it's always our pleasure to be at Strouds on Thursday. It's our place to be, but hey, seven days a week, Terry, got to come to Strouds. Got ribs on the weekend. You can feed a family for $15.99, and it's always a joy to be at Strouds, and it's always a joy to have Coach Ron Crawford of the Brentwood Bruins. Coach, it's always good to see you come in. Well, thank you. It's always great to be at Strouds. So, uh, yes, I need to include y'all in that statement, too, don't I? So, no, no, no one else uh, does. Yeah, it's great to see you guys as well. Y'all know that. We appreciate uh, appreciate you guys and, and what you do for us, and uh, certainly always love being down here, love the food here. No doubt. It's always good to be at Brentwood. We will be broadcasting the WAKM Game of the Week tomorrow night from James C. Parker Stadium. Pre-game at 6.30, kickoff at 7 p.m. I've lost count on how many uh, games consecutive for Mr. Parker. I think it's 423. I'll have to get that exact number tomorrow. So you'd have to go back to 1982 and start your count. So I think that's that's you know that's when it started the first year. Well, well, he told me it's a Ravenwood game. I think that was 419. So I guess in a break here, I can figure that up. So Wow. 419 Consecutive. Pretty impressive, huh? That's very impressive. And speaking of that, uh, you guys were very impressive that night at Ravenwood. Uh, it's been a few weeks ago. Uh, uh, hadn't quite been as impressive since then, but uh, uh, that was always a fun game, fun atmosphere. I'm proud of the way we played that night. We just kind of held on to, to win that thing. And uh, Well, y'all came down. Wait a minute. Held on. You came down for 14 nothing down and just uh, put up 28 straight points on them. Uh, no doubt. We had a great comeback, and, and uh, we've not gotten off to good starts in, in, in many of our games and our kids have done been resilient done a great job coming back from uh from from some adversity and, and some we create ourselves uh, you know some some our opponents create but uh, uh you know it's a good group of kids it's, it's a, a, a we always have a good group and, and uh you know we're still hoping
hopefully getting better. Um, hopefully still hearing the message that, uh, you know, this thing's not over. we got work to do. Speaking of that, Terry and I discussed this uh, earlier before you got here. Each year you get a good number of kids to come out. How difficult is it to get them to buy into your message each year? Because it's a different crowd. I mean, for instance, you had Carson Shackley, the quarterback, two or three years. The kid was cool to the other side of the field, played with boys. Now you've got a sophomore you've turned the keys of the offense over to. How do they buy into that? How hard is that? Well, I mean, I think it just it's a weekly approach. You know, it's a daily approach. Um, for us as coaches, it's like everybody else in the county. You know, you got your year-round plan, and you break it up into different segments. So, for us, it's just, you know, pouring into the kids on a daily basis and, uh, you know, serving them and trying to build trust and uh, trying to show them that you care about them and that uh, every decision you make is going to try to be what you feel is best for each of them individually. But ultimately, your loyalty has got to be to the team and that, uh, you know, we all have to. It's such a football, such a selfless sport, uh, such a team sport that, you know, at times uh, none of us get to do what we want to do in the sport. We have to do what's best for the team. And, and I think probably in today's society, that may be the toughest thing for all of us in whatever sport it is uh, with Instagram, Snapchat, you know, instant social media. You know, nobody ever puts on Instagram something bad that happened to them, you know. So uh, I, I think, you know, comparison to perfect, sport's not perfect. You know, it's, 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 uh, it's a struggle. Football in particular is chaos. Um, it's hard to recreate on Friday night during the week what goes on. Now I think we all deal with, you know, how do you save hits on kids? Um, the game is played differently. You guys have seen it through your years of broadcasting. Uh, you know, I go back, way back, like Terry, um, and into the fact of, you know, when I played a high school game in the late 70s, um, there was 100 plays. You know, now we, we you know, uh, it's a 140, 150, 160 play game. So all that impacts uh, the way the game is played now. So I think, you know, having a belief in your message and having a belief in here's what we are, here's what we stand for, here's the way we're going to go about trying to be successful. Uh, it's just something you got to kind of believe in, live with, and and, and you got to love it. You know, you got to love the process. Let me ask this quick question. If you had, if you could use one phrase or one word to describe your team, where they are, and the, and the goal where you're trying to get them to be, that's two different words. But what would that be? But, but I think for us, we're pretty good when we play with passion and energy. When we don't play with passion and energy, we're, we're average, or, or maybe even below average. But when we are focused in and play with passion and energy, um, then I think we can be a pretty good football team. I also think you have to throw in that fact that there's some pretty good football teams we play. And being able to match their intensity, being able to match their focus. So for us, it's really about, you know, passion and energy, uh, having having a, uh, having an intense focus. And, and we always talk about one thing we can lead the state in is playing hard. You know, lead, we can lead the state in, through, in enthusiasm. We can be the hardest playing football team in the state. Now, you you know, you guys know as well as I do, there's no way to, you know, quantify that. Measure. So there's, it's not measurable. So I think, you know, getting your kids to do that, I think the, the what, what I want our kids to understand is when somebody walks up and says, man, your kids play so hard, your team plays so hard, or that team plays so hard. That's 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 a quite a uh, a compliment in, in, in today's world. Coach Crawford, last week, uh, tough loss to Independence uh, that you alluded to. Uh, it did, four minutes to go in the half, though. Y'all were back in at 21-10, to 10, and then they scored two touchdowns, I believe, right before halftime. Tell us your thoughts on that game. Uh, what did you carry forward into this week's practice as a, as a learning tool? Yeah, I think, you know, the first thing that we carried with us was, you know, last year when we defended them, we were able to run our deep. We were able to 
uh, with all the veterans we had, we were just able to get in our defense and play it. And this year, I think for the first, you know, uh, 24 minutes, we attempted to do that as well. And we found out we couldn't. We had to do something different. Well, it was much more effective once we figured out kind of how to play them. We played better in the second half. The play probably that sticks out the most, that hurts the most, that, you know, I, I struggle with giving myself grace when we don't play well and I feel like I could have had more of an impact in the game. So that's tough. But the one that struggles, I struggle with is, you know, we get in prevent defense at the end of the first half and they hand it off on a simple trap play. He goes 75 yards and now we got to put our, you know, that's the one I think you agonize over the most. Uh, they were fixing to call it a half uh, and it just about made the lead insurmountable. Uh, however, uh, we challenged our team at halftime to play better and to win the half. And, you know, that proved to us, I guess, that we haven't lost our team. They did play better. Uh, they played it with compassion and energy, much more intensity, uh, and we played much better in the second half. Where we failed in the first half, I think something that I've tried to put a finger on all week. We're going to change the way we handle Fridays a little bit now, try to get a little bit more in tune with our kids, a bit more focused in, and see if we can't play better in the first half. How, how difficult is it, and you mentioned this earlier, how difficult is it to get into the mindset of a 16, 17, 18-year-old now that, frankly, they're different than kids were 10 years ago? How's that affected your coaching, and how do you adapt to that? I think it's it's become a little bit different from the, the, the point of not only, I think people are right, kids haven't changed a lot. I think their access to information and media and all the things they have access to has changed them, changed their attention span. I mean, you know, your cell phone, where's that? You know what I'm saying? We all start patting our pockets. Well, the use of social media creates the same response in the, in, in the brain chemically as drugs, alcohol, and uh, as tobacco, alcohol, and gambling. So you're dealing with instant access to information. So, But the wonderful thing about sport is that while they're out there, they don't have that. It's only us and them, and we're all together for that period where we can spend time, you know, treating each other right, developing relationships, and all that kind of thing. So I think at that point, what choice do you have? You just simply challenge them. You take the blame when it's your fault. When we lose, it's my fault. Bottom line, I'm, I'm, I wear that crown, you know, and when we don't play well, it's on me. Um, so I think our goal was to come back and play better in the second half and see if we could give ourselves a chance. And lo and behold, give our kids credit, we gave ourselves a chance. That's good. To the, the follow-up question, you had to make adjustments at halftime. What was the mood at halftime in the locker room? And then two, after they played better in the second half, what was the mood after the ball game? I think the mood at halftime was probably the same mood I had. was a little bit shell-shocked, uh, looking for some words of wisdom. I was looking for words of wisdom as well. Um, and really, what choice do you have? Life, when your mortgage is down, when your job's up, you can either fight or quit. You, you really got two choices. It doesn't matter, sport, whatever it is. Put it anywhere you want to. You can either fight back, you can fight, or you can quit. And there's, there, you know, so I think, you, you, we, we, you know, we try to teach our young people to be fighters um, and to don't stop fighting. Play like there's no scoreboard and let's go see if we can play better and kind of compare ourselves to ourselves instead of everybody else. Because one of my favorite quotes is comparison is a theft of joy. You know, once you start comparing and comparing and comparing, you know, it just steals your joy. So I think, you know, seeing kids play with joy and passion and energy uh, is what we're about. When we do that, we can be pretty good. Sounds good, Terry. I ask, I ask a simple question and I get I get a great answer. Yeah, definitely that's, no doubt about it. Coach Crawford, thank you. Coach Ron Crawford of Brentwood with us tonight. And Brentwood, follow Ryan tomorrow night. And, and Ron, to take that one step further uh, in life, as you said, or in your or whatever it is, uh, it's how you respond to adversity. A lot of times it determines a lot of things.
things that happened down the road. So the question is, uh, how, how has your team responded in practice this week? Did they, did they forget about that and move on when you got to the uh, locker room on Monday morning or Monday afternoon? We usually try to bury that thing on Monday, win or lose. You know, I think for us, is you got to look at, you know, uh, you know, our defense, it's, it was their seventh game they ever played. We 14 of our top 15 tacklers we lost last year. So, um, and, you know, probably started reading the paper in the rankings. You know, we had some success and apparently starting with me because I'm the leader. Apparently we don't know how to handle success very well. So, you know, have we had adversity this year? We've had to come from behind multiple times. So we have had adversity. Uh, now, though, with it being final, with it being a meaningful game, we'll see how we respond to adversity. So my challenge to them is going to be tomorrow. I was thinking about it on the well here. I thought about it during practice today, and I didn't get it out of my mouth. But, you know, I've been, been really fortunate to win three state championships. Two as an assistant, one as a head coach. Two of those teams went 15-0. and uh, One of those teams went 14-1. As good as it felt to go 15-0, there's still something about the human spirit. There's still something about all of us. And maybe it's just little underdogs like, like myself, there's nothing like rising after you fall. There's just nothing like it. There's no greater boost to your self-esteem. There's no greater confidence boost. There's no greater joy uh, than being able to rise again after you fall. So I think for us, it's going to be, you know, can we do that? Can we create that atmosphere for ourselves where we can, we got knocked down, dust yourself off, get back up, put the blinders on, go to work. We didn't talk about it a lot. We talked about us, what we can do to make our team better and how I can do a better job coaching. Terry, Terry, time to strap on the pads, I'm telling you, I, I've been, been. I lost my helmet, Charlie. Well, I tell you, I lost my mind even <laughs> thinking that thought. But hearing that just makes. I'm, I'm thankful for a gentleman like you that, that that challenges young men daily about overcoming adversity because that's what life's about. Life is <laughs> life is overcoming adversity. And we're all going to be faced with because life is a full lot of work. And uh, what you're instilling in these young men is priceless. Terry, let's do this. Let's take a quick two minute break. We'll get caught up on some ads. Got some young players that just walked over. They're, they're not little guys, Terry. There look like they're hungry too. We let them place their shrouds orders, and we'll come back in two minutes to follow up Coach's Corner with Coach Ron Crawford. This is Coach's Corner on AM 950. Hey everybody, this is Stormy Mitchell, the sports team, and sometimes change is necessary. And recently, I made a change in all my insurance needs by switching over to Farm Bureau. My agent and good friend Scott Murphy handled all the details, and in the process, I was able to save even more money on my auto and home insurance. Scott Murphy's Farm Bureau Agency is located at 1010 Murfreesboro Road, Suite 126 in the Maple Woods Shopping Center. His local number is 615-794-1104. He's highly decorated with Farm Bureau. He's on the Honor Council, President Award winner, and Top 10 Agency in the state of Tennessee. For your insurance needs, call my good friend and great supporter of high school sports, Scott Murphy at 615-794-1104 and be sure to tell him Stormy sent you. Where classic country is back home again. AM 950 WAKM, Franklin. I'm Derby Jones, publisher and CEO of the Williamson Herald and Southern Exposure Magazine, and I'm very lucky to be surrounded by professionals. I'm Brandy Blanton, publisher of Southern Exposure Magazine. We bring you local people doing local things with great photography, incredible color, and a commitment to bringing you what makes our community great. I'm Cassie Jones, director of sales for the Williamson Herald and Southern Exposure Magazine. We tell the stories of America's greatest county. I'm sports editor Joe Williams. Not only do we cover local sports, we have fun with local sports, and it shows. 
A job well done. What a pleasant comment to hear. Trophy House Awards can make this recognition that special people deserve become a reality by creating custom plaques, acrylic and crystal awards, and gifts. Their staff can create an awards program for your sales team or volunteers that will motivate deserving people to future success. Trophy House is located in Williamson Square in front of Hobby Lobby on Highway 96, and their website is trophyhouse.com. When you think of recognition, think of Trophy House Awards. And we're back at Stroud's this Stormy Mitchell along with Terry Merrill, we're having a great time. It's Rouse on Coach's Corner, as we do every Thursday. you got Coach Ron Croft from Greenwood Bruins. Terry, players walked in. They're up there placing some orders right now. Uh, I don't think they're going to have any trouble getting filled up tonight. Coach, share, share with our listeners, we always the insight we get from you is price. You just mentioned why you're still coaching after, would you say, 34 years ahead of hip Tell us why you're still coaching. Uh, I think n- number one is the kind of kids I get to deal with at Brentwood High. Great kids. I want to please us. And, uh, you know, they have their problems like any teenager does, but just great kids and, and, and really want to be coached and want to be pushed, and uh, they're, they're super fun to be around on a daily basis. And I continue to tell you this. There's kids on our team every year that inspire me that are taking four and five AP classes. They're involved in their community or their church. They play two sports. That, that It's like, how do, you know, how do you do those things? They have great ACT scores, work a job, you know. So uh, uh, there's, you know, in particular, senior this year that I was thinking about today, I was like, he's a captain. He, he doesn't start for us. He, he doesn't. He, he plays on every special team, so he is a starter in our mind, but I don't know if he is in his mind. And it's every Friday, cleans that entire locker room before he leaves. He's the last guy out every time. So, yeah, there's plenty of people around to inspire. Wow. There's there's, there's so much more in this world out there than what we see uh, each and every day of young people, older people, anybody doing great things that uh, we, we need those words out. So, I, I do it to be around the kids, and um, I do it because I continue to grow in, in my profession. I, I, I'm, I'm Obviously, you're as good as your last game, so... I'm, I'm not very good. Uh, no, no, no. You're, you're, so we're going to have to help you with the grace in there. I think you, I think you, you know, when you can learn from your failures, then you can continue to grow. When you think you got it figured out, it's time to get out and do yeah, something yeah. else. So we, we, we continue to, try to learn some painful lessons sometimes. There's no doubt about it, Coach. Redwood five and two on the year, three and one, uh, three and one in Region six six eight. Uh, coach, you're playing uh, uh, tomorrow night. You got a big game with Father Ryan. You step out of the region. It's homecoming. Uh, of course, our good friend Brian Rex up there now, and uh, you all, boy, have had some face-offs over the years. We remember those days. But uh, tell us about this Father Ryan team. He's had They've lost four in a row. Of course, uh, they're playing the Brentwood Academies and NBAs and everybody else. Uh, but knowing Brian Rector, he'll have his team ready to go tomorrow night. Your thoughts? Well, it's just like we told our team was that they, that they won't flinch. They played exactly what you said. Insworth, VA, they, you know, they play a great schedule. Uh, but it's a typical Brian Rector coach team. The special teams, there's always something a little unique, a little different. You know, where's he going on side it? How's he going to pooch it? When's he going to take a punt? You know, uh, what's he going to do on fourth down? Go for it. So I think you know how he plays. He approaches it very aggressively. Um, he's going to play to win, um, and he's going to take some chances. Uh, that's his personality. So in, in essence, that's the personality of his team. Uh, they're not going to quit. They're, 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 they're going to play hard. They're going to play through the whistle. They're going to try to be as physical as they possibly can. So it's just Brian and I are good friends, um, you know, and I respect what he, the, the, the job he does. I, I respect the way he handles himself. 
as far as his team. You know what you're going to get. He doesn't make any apologies for it, uh, and he's going to try to keep pushing them and pushing them and pushing them. And what he's going to do is he's going to bring a motivated team in there that needs to win. Um, and you know, we hopefully we've got a motivated team uh, that needs to win, and it will be a shoot six out of seven hours to been down the wire, man, a battle. So why would we expect anything different? You know, sounds good. How much fun is it coaching against a coach like Ryan Rector? Because I mean, he's so unpredictable, Terry. I think the name you gave him years back was the Rambler Gambler. I mean, you never know what he's going to do. So how much fun is that in preparation mentally? Well, now, is it fun? I think it, it, it you know, makes you think. It makes your special team spirit to be a little bit more focused um, because you got to prepare for more things. Um, he makes you do that. Uh, you know, uh, the way he lines up on punt even changes the way you do some things because he spreads it all the way across the field. you got to figure out who's eligible and who's not. So it kind of, you spend time on some of those things that he does. It takes away from your, your normal preparation as you run out there and, and get ready in a typical week. So, uh, yeah, playing against Brian's always a challenge because you know his team is going to play hard and you better not take anything for granted. You better play through the whistle. You better be focused in and there's going to be a trick play at some point. We're going to see something we haven't seen. Um, so I think all those things is fun. You know, it keeps, it keeps you uh, keeps your team engaged when you got a non-league game. So I think it's, uh, it's a fun group, fun group to coach. Coach, you've uh, you got a sophomore quarterback now that's pretty well won the job, it would appear, uh, Cade Granzo. At first of the year, you were sort of, between, it was him and some, another candidate you had in there, that, if I recall, started. But tell us about uh, Cade's development. He had another good week last week, 220 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, is, has his development gone about the way you had hoped at this point in the season? Yeah, I mean, how can you, yeah, yeah, I think he, you know, number one was, you know, first game, three turnovers, second game, two turnovers, no turnovers, no turnovers, no turnovers. Now, it been his last week once or, or a week ago once, uh, but he's done a better job of taking care of the football. Um, he's still growing each and every every day. Uh, uh, you know, we're a, we're a run-pass option offense, and that sounds easy. Well, if they do this, throw this. If not, then run it, you know, or hand it off. Well, you know, that, that sounds pretty simple. And then what we've learned is since we've done this the last several years, and in particular last year, you know, going 461 points in 12 games, is that, you know, when you ask your quarterback to make decisions, then you got to live with them. You coach him. You taught him how to do this. So I think, you know, he's he's, he's doing a better job of decision-making. Um, if he doesn't know, he hands the ball off or he runs it. Uh, so I would think protecting the ball. He's also a really good kid, and he wants to do well. Uh, he doesn't want to let his team down. Um, so, you know, he's at 1,300-something yards, 12 touchdowns at this point, five interceptions. So um, he's, he's doing pretty well. Not bad for a sophomore. I mean, I mean is he driving yet? Is he on uh, yet? Yeah, he's, 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 he's driving. So, I'm just thinking – I mean, most, some of these kids that are quarterback don't even have their driver's license, but they give them the keys to a high-powered offense. I think that's always kind of funny for something we say in the, in the, in the, in the press box. Coach Grant Crawford business with us. Uh, Coach, uh, it's homecoming this week, I believe. Uh, coaches have mixed feelings on homecoming. Uh, some of them don't like them. Some of them, there's a lot of stuff going on, obviously, that you don't normally have each week. Uh, your thoughts on that? Is it a detraction, a, a distraction, I should say, or is it business as usual? I, I would think it's just us old guys. I think our kids now are so used to distraction. You know what I mean? Our kids now are so used to something going on here while something they're talking to their friends while texting somebody else. You know, I think our, they probably handle it, they handle it way better than I do um, and probably better than Stormy, Terry. <laughs> so I, I think the point being is that it is what it is. You can fight it or you can let the kids have a good time and enjoy it and just hope they're ready to go at 7 o'clock. I'm sorry. What did he, he said something? I was, I was distracted. What did you say? No. <laughs> 
Coach, uh, open date next week, I believe, and then you finish up with Marshall County on the road and then Centennial in your last regular season game. Uh, what, again, you ask coaches about open dates, some have different emotions. Do you think this open date next week it comes at a good time for your football team? I, I think that open dates are great when you have fall break. I don't. Ours is not on fall break this time, and there's really no way to ensure it. We do all our scheduling for the county sets its calendar. So we think we got it next worked out next year, but they could change fall break to another week. Who, who knows? So I think it is what it is. Um, yes, it's good to have a break in the season because you guys realize now the way the calendar has changed that on July 7th, we started in headgear, shorts, and T-shirts, uh, and we were going three lifts, four days on the field, um, and then we you know, went halves and then full. So our kids have been at it since July the 7th. So I think you know we were able to give them a, a, a Monday off once. So ne- the way we'll handle next week is we're in school, but we will practice practice Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, film Monday, practice Tuesday, Wednesday. We're going to give them Thursday and Friday off um, and then come back the next week when we do play during fall break. Monday, Tuesday, we're in school, so regular practice. We're going to bring them back in Wednesday morning, so they'll have Wednesday afternoon. We're giving them Thursday all the way off. We're bring them in Friday morning, feed them breakfast, practice, have a walkthrough, and then get ready to go down to Marshall County. What about scheduling for next year? I know we're getting way ahead, but I know y'all had a two-year agreement. I, I know there were several teams that had trouble getting games. Games. I mean, does your plan bother lines some other teams? How, how's the scheduling working out for next year? Awful. Terrible. <laughs> it couldn't be worse. Uh, really? Yeah, we we, we, we we got six classes. There's not we gotta find five games. Uh I wish you could I wish we were in my office so I could show you my board of who all I've called. Oh. So right now I have the Bruins have not me, uh the Bruins have seven confirmed games. That's it. And it's actually started before I was ready to start. When I got a text about how hey, you wanna play next year, I'm like, Are we already doing that? And yeah, we are. And Coach Daniels from Ravenwood called me and asked me about a couple of things. Well, are we going to redraw our league? I was like, well, we you know, if four teams want to, we'll redraw. So that never came about. So we penciled in our league games, left it again, home and away. And now we're trying to find week. We still have week one, week four, and week six open. We have filled week 10 and week two with Cane Ridge and Cookville. So, um, we, you know, it's going to probably be NBA, BA, Oakland. I mean, you know, we can't find anybody play us so um henry county we talked to them today so that's a possibility so um it's it's, it's not fun we, we we i'm gonna get my ad in this offseason there's some conversation of our state going to four classes in all sports and it's driven by the shovelables of franklin county's columbia's of the world of if you think about that league down there in basketball for example uh you know then they go over and they play the rutherford county teams well all those schools are about 1100 1200 kids and go over and have to play basketball against 22 2400 student body uh, so I'm, I'm going to see if I can get with Coach Blair, our principal, and see about looking into making a proposal. So if we had more league games, it would be way easier than trying to fill it out. Plus, you got to do your home and away, JV freshman. So not fun. Not fun. So you support, you would support a fewer number of classes versus six that we have now? Or? Always, uh, always have the too many. Always have supported fewer classes. We don't have enough schools in our state for that. Um, there's too many, in my opinion. I'm a member of the two of play. So... Uh, you know, we 
either either try to fight to do something about it or just take it and, and, and complain about it. Um, so I hope we can put something together and get this thing better for everyone, not just the Blue Angels, but better for everyone. Sounds good. Let's take a week. Let's do this. Keelan, let's go ahead and take the top of the hour break. Let's take two minutes. We'll come back on the other side, finish the last segment. Uh, we're going to have more from the Brentwood Brewing. This is Coach's Corner here at Stroud's Barbecue. Planning your financial future can sometimes be extremely challenging. I'm Gina King, Vice President and Senior Trust Officer at Franklin Synergy Bank. With your priorities as our guide, you and I together will be able to create personalized wealth transfer strategies that will allow you to maintain your current lifestyle while providing for your loved ones and, if you choose so, give back to this treasured historical community. Give me a call today at 615-499-5540 to schedule an appointment and let's review your future plans. I will be happy to meet with you at any of our 11 banking center locations across Williamson and Rutherford County. At Franklin Synergy, we understand the importance of your family, not just for today, but for generations to come. Give me a call today at 615-499-5540 to schedule an appointment and let's review your future plans. Flag World has the largest inventory of flags, flag poles, and flag-related merchandise in Middle Tennessee. Hello, I'm Craig Eilerman, owner and operator of Flag World. We offer a full range of flags and flag-related products, including state, military, historical, outdoor decorative designs, as well as indoor and outdoor flagpoles. Flag World is a very patriotic business and works very hard to get as many products as we can that are made in the United States. We offer in-ground flagpole sales and installation throughout Middle Tennessee and into Kentucky. For many years, we have done both residential and commercial. We are conveniently located at 401 Cool Springs Boulevard, one half mile west of Interstate 65. You can reach us at 615-778-9791 or visit our website at flagworldamerica.com. Through the years, your hometown station, AM 950 WAKM, Franklin. Back at the last segment of Coach's Corner coming up, we're going to have Coach Ron Crawford and Flares Terry. Always a fun night at at, at South, but it's always always invigorating and exciting and interesting. Coach Ron Crawford's in the house. It really is, Storm. And speaking of that, you're going to be at, you're going to be at Brentwood tomorrow night. It'll be Brentwood hosting Father Ryan. Should be a great football game with a with good weather. Uh, it's hot still. Coach, uh, we're going to let you eat here in a minute. Uh, on, on the subject you were just talking about, t- talk about uh, Region 6-6-A. It's every week, it's it's a dogfight. I mean, let's be honest. you got you got six teams in the region, so you're playing five of them every week. But uh, unlike some regions around the area, I won't call any names, where they build for county, <laughs> two or three or four sure wins. But every week you're talking Ravenwood, Brentwood, Independence, Franklin, Centennial, and you all, you guys just uh, go at it all year long. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the tough things, I think a pretty good team's going to get left out of play. And I don't think you can say that in every league. So, yeah, I mean, it's just our Fridays are brutal, man, because there's probably, I think, I really believe in our county, these five teams, any of us could beat the other one on a Friday night. Yes. Um, and that's probably shown when you go down and look at the scores, you know. Uh, 
So, I mean, it, it makes it tough because you want to play a competitive schedule with games of interest. Uh, uh, plus, you need money. You need a gate. But the thing is, being able to have your squad healthy when you get to those region games is also a thought for not only the Bruins, but for, you know, Centennial and Franklin and Independence, Ravenwood. All those guys are thinking the, the, the same way of, you know, being able to survive your non-league games because your league games are the ones that, that mean something. I'm glad you said that because uh, our, our Franklin friends, they're going to play Oakland tomorrow night. Well, that's, that's no picnic. Raywood's going to play in South Warren County, 10th-ranked team in the state of Kentucky, 7-0. and I'm thinking, okay. <laughs> and both of them on the road. And they want to obviously win the ball game, but they want to get through without getting just bruised and battered because they've got some other games coming up that are tough. Sure. I mean, I think that, that uh, again, like you just mentioned it, it impacts us all. And, uh, you know, back when we had larger regions, um, it was still just as fun as football and way easier to schedule. So it's got now where there's uh, so many classes that teams can dodge you. Right. You know, the reason we went knowledgeable is because Will asked me and he said they needed a gate. I didn't really want to, but we did it. Um, Marshall County, the reason they're playing us is they couldn't find nobody. They've been in the semifinal series row. They're 4 A schools. They couldn't find anybody to play them. So they had Cane Ridge and Brentwood this year. I mean, imagine so, that a 4 A school playing two 6A teams that got into what the, the, the quarterfinals and the, and the finals. I mean, that's, that, that's, that shouldn't have to be done for a 4A school. Yeah, and, and uh, so I think that that's part of it. Everybody's experiencing it, so we're no different than anybody else. But, uh, you know, nevertheless, we uh, we have game versus Father Ryan Friday we got to worry about. So I, I've told my principal a couple times last couple weeks, you know, I need to be getting ready for a game. I don't need to be trying to find a schedule. So, um, yeah, I think I, if, if I could keep it right, I've 18 or 19 contacts I've reached out to. And like I said, I got I got two yeses and some firm maybes. Wow, that's that's incredible, Terry. You got any follow questions? No, I man. Crawford, he's thinking about some barbecue. He's had about yeah, we we could do this for an hour. Just this two whole hours. show. There's no doubt. Well, let me tell you about two kids. Let me tell you about two kids I brought in with us. Thank you. Is, uh, uh, Jordan Nicholas is probably uh, not only really talented running backs and a great job in the passing game force as well, but maybe one of the best kids I've ever been around in my life. Um, demeanor doesn't change. Always got a smile on his face. Uh, uh, yes or no, sir. Always uh, trying to do his very best. Very competitive. Um, Going to go play college ball somewhere. He's got an offer from Harding uh, University. Um, and, and Mark Morales, a, a guy that, bless his heart, I'm his head coach and his position coach. So <laughs> I, I, I guess I feel like I needed to bring him because he he needs to deserve something. He, he needs to put that goodness off the blow. But just another guy that's just been a tremendous leader coming into his senior year for us that, that wants to do right, that, that the game means something to him, his team means something to him, and just, just a joy to coach both these guys each and every day. They're well thought of in our school, and well thought of uh, on our team, and obviously their head coach loves them. So, um, you know, maybe they'll talk to you now. <laughs> well, uh, hey, I can't, that's the best introduction we could get. I was going to say, Terry, he read it exactly the he way did. I wrote it. No. <laughs> Ron, thanks for being with us. We really appreciate it. Always good, good, good to see you, Coach. Thank, Thank you. you very much. All right, that's head coach Ron Crawford, Brentwood's told me. We've got two. You heard the introduction. We've got uh, Mark Morales and Jordan Nicholas here, and they have full stomach. I would think. I'm hoping they do. Jordan just shook my hand. Here comes Mark, and I'll just say something. I, I, and having had the opportunity, having had the opportunity of broadcasting a couple of their games, I, the, my first initial thing I can say, first of all, 
Bible is Jordan has deceptive speed for a big man. Don't you give him a half a step, he will leave you in the dust. I'm just going to tell you that. Mark, I'm not sure can be blocked from the from the defensive end position. The kid is formidable. Uh, every time I looked up in the two games we've had, the Raywood game and the Franklin game, he's in the backfield disrupting, getting sacked. Terry, fine young man. I'm glad you got him here tonight. Sounds good, Sean. Let's start with Mark Morales. He's an outside linebacker, Storm. He's 6'3", 210. Mark, is that, is that weight right? That's what it was in the roster. You look bigger than that. You know what? I might have dropped a pound or two since that way was taken. I was going to say you added a pound or two. Maybe, maybe both, man. Uh, last week, tough loss uh, against Independence. Uh, you played a good football team, as you do every week here. Uh, tell us about that game and what y'all uh, brought forward into this week's practice. You know, I thought we didn't 